0: listening to KZAA-LP, Santa Barbara 96.5 FM,
1: Gaza!
0: Yo, what's up to everybody catching this on the radio on KZAA LP ninety six point five FM? This is a pre-recorded show, and what's up to everyone streaming this Your Life in America episode? So you would just you just heard an, a discouraged song off the Action for Afghanistan um comp that came out uh, through another another city media we'll talk more about that in a little bit uh just a quick update on the show on uh your life in america haven't put out any new episodes in a few weeks because of issues with casa de la raza um hopefully that'll get resolved in january and i'll be back live on the radio taking calls um live on the radio i have a ton of really awesome guests lined up um but I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of all that stuff. So that's, what's going on. You can listen to, you know, over 50 interviews wherever you stream podcasts. Um, I got some t-shirts coming out that I collabed with a band on, um, that they're going to take on tour next month. So check the Instagram for that announcement and, um, So I wanted to do one more show this year um, just because something I wanted to do. So this is your life in 2021 special edition. We're going to be doing some top five lists and just talking hardcore. And I'm joined by my good friend, Matt Tyler, who plays drums and discourage and guitar and tuning and is the sickest mosher I know. Matt, (laughs) what's up?
1: Yo, it's good to be back. So third time's a
0: charm. Dude, that's right. It is. I was going to say second, but I forgot about tuning. Yeah, Yeah, you're you're the veteran, your life in America guest. I appreciate it. So you're at your apartment in Oakland, I see.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Fed the cat. So he was so he shut up. So he was like meowing like crazy for about five minutes ago. So
0: So good. I have some interviews with with my cat meowing in the back. (laughs) Is it raining up there? Uh, no, it's actually,
1: uh, it's clear now. Um, it was, it rained last night. Um, you know, it's been kind of raining pretty heavy this week, but, uh, cleared up tonight. So it's supposed to be nice for the weekend and then suck all the next week.
0: <laughs> Are you rocking a Pico right now?
1: Nah, nah, just a denim jacket with the,
0: uh. No, you look fly right pretty, now, man. Yeah, I've got the, two I've got
1: the 2012, uh, 2012 guy on Tinder look going right now. <laughs>
2: I uh, personally stayed for you and everything, you know. No, you look so,
0: great, man. Everybody, everybody's only hearing the audio, but Matt's looking fly right now as always. Appreciate um, that, hands. So, <laughs> okay. So before we jump into everything, I have I have a question for you about moshing. Um, yeah. So me and my fr- a couple of friends of mine, we have we have this like ongoing joke about this certain mosh move, and we refer to it as a sound check mosh. okay so what this means is basically you either you either stage dive or you just start moshing during either the sound check which is really early or like initial feedback before the band even starts playing i've seen people do this i don't have the balls to do it what do you think
1: all right, so you call it the soundcheck mosh. We used to call it the no-music mosh.
0: No, yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it was the no-music mosh. Um, I think it really depends. Like, it can be hilarious if it's done right. Um, yeah. I think the feedback thing is fine because, like, I remember, like, you know, early 2000s seeing American Nightmare, and literally the moment, like, they hit the stage and things started, the place just erupted in absolute chaos, you know? Yeah. Um and so, like, the feedback thing, not really. The sound tech thing, I think it can be funny. Um, but there's also, like, you know, if you think of, like, when you go to Chain Reaction and there's people who, like, dive on the side, you know, over the wall yeah. on those people who are on that side, which is kind of a jerk move, you know.
2: It is, it's sort yeah. of on
1: context, you know. Um, I've definitely but, yeah, been I
0: mean, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I've definitely been at Chain and been near that, that little wall and definitely – thought about like in the middle of a crazy set diving over the wall into those people because it would kind of be sick but then I but then I look at the people who are behind the wall and they don't want to be a part of the mosh so it's like <laughs> no, they're just they're not
1: down for it so like you know yeah. let them have like, their spot
0: on yeah I gotta respect it okay from <laughs> a legendary mosher I, I appreciate your response the the joke has gotten so out of hand that we now are talking about moshing like to like the rap songs that are played in between sets or a, or, uh, no, 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 it wasn't that, it was spoken word mosh. <laughs> so, when, nice. like, so when somebody breaks into a spoken word, you just hit a stage dive.
1: <laughs> it's sort of like, um, do you remember the footage of um, the band Sun O? Do you, know, do you know who do you know
0: Sun O is? I don't think so. Not off the top of my head, no. So,
1: so Sun O, one of the guys used, I think used to be in the band, bro- the straight edge band Brotherhood from Seattle. You know, oh, old Brotherhood
0: used- rocks, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and now he's in Sun O, which is basically like a droney like Halloween music thing. Well, there's a f- hilarious video on YouTube of someone just stage diving during an f- almost silent part. Like, all that's <laughs> going on is this guttural, like ooh. And that's all it is. And some dude just rips a, rips a stage time <laughs> over the barricade.
2: And so awesome.
1: it's, it's hilarious. It's just like, you know, cause it's so jerkish, you know, but it's <laughs> hilarious.
0: Yeah. You know, I definitely agree with the feedback. Like I've seen a lot of sets start in a really, really cool way when there's just the feedback for the song, like, and you know, like, like the, the house music or whatever it's called stops. And then, like you know, they're about to start, and then people just go, like, super yeah. cool. Yeah, um, just every which direction? Like, <laughs> go for it, man. You know. <laughs> well, thanks for answering. Um. Okay, Before. so I've heard the new Discouraged record. I'm very grateful for that. I've actually heard a lot of new records from people that I'm super stoked on. Um, always feel really grateful to get sneak peeks. Um, so yeah, it's you guys have done a lot since we. And did a discourage interview that was in like March or February. Um, if you don't mind just giving an update on discourage, um, maybe talking about the shows that you guys have played since being back, um, and then the new record.
1: Absolutely. Uh yeah. So, you know, last like you said, last time we talked was February. Um, for those who might listen outside of California, June is sort of when like shows started happening, you know, above board here. Um so we um, we played our first show back actually in San Diego um, in August. Mm-hmm. It was a show that we booked ourselves. Um, I worked with um, Tony from Ben Blue, um, and up. you know he and I he and I got close over the pandemic and just would talk and like hang out and go surf together. Like when I was down in San Diego, um, and so we just started talking. And I was like, "Yo, I'm come. We're gonna come down and we're gonna record an LP, but we want to play a show." So we were able to find a spot. Um, called Yapao Coffee. It was basically just a coffee roasting warehouse that um, Diego, their guitarist, knew the owner of, and we just we booked a show there. They were down to have it. We ended up having like over hundred people paid, like hundred and fifty people probably total showed up, and this warehouse was was tiny. It was not big at all. Um, I saw
0: the videos. It looks so cool, man.
1: Oh yeah, like we had like the forty thousand dollar coffee roasting machine right behind the drum kit um (laughs) yeah it was cool um but yeah so it was like it was one of the first like san diego hardcore shows that started happening again but our friends at therapy um headcount bent blue and our friend our friends all beat up played it was like it was the perfect show back for us every time we've gone down there we've played with all beat up they're one of the coolest bands down there therapy is amazing headcount bent blue i mean just it's, it was a lot, a perfect lineup. And so we got to, we have to play that. And then, um then we spent the weekend down there at sun Six Studios recording our LP, which you have heard. I'll come back to that in a moment. You know, after, you know, kind of getting the LP recorded and sent off to do mixing and, you know, going through the mastering process, we did a small run in the Midwest, basically three shows out there leading up to Promcore. You know, when we booked everything, we were just like stoked to be out there with time and pressure. And then like three weeks before, James hits me on the message. He's like, Hey, you know, those California shows that you were going to book for next March, don't book them. We're breaking up. And I was like, well, that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) You know, they had like
0: constraint out there, right? What's that? Did you, you guys played with constraint out there, right?
1: Yeah. So the first show was um, at this, at this spot in Springfield called dumb records. It was a band of like young, you know, like 19, 20 year old kids, a band called prevention. Um, and they do most of the booking at shows there. So I hit one of the guys up and he was, they were able to actually combine us coming out there with the constraint Gates of Hell flashback tour that was coming through. And then our label mates from patient zero direct measure who are from St. Louis, they came up, they played the show prevention played really cool. Little record shop, a great show. We got to, you know, meet the people folks and constraint and all the other bands. So that was a lot of fun. And then, played the sinkhole with time and pressure, chemical fix and fixation. It was just like what you
0: know, is the last lineup, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was
1: time and pressure's last hometown show. And it was like all the friends, you know, of the band were there. And then of course prompt core. Yeah. So we did that. We played um, you know, we played with headcount when they came up here and played in Sacramento. Two days after that, I got almost every component of my drum set stolen. So I've had to replace that. It's like yeah, three thousand.
0: dollars I'm
1: sorry. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I I don't know. It's just I I I didn't like be you know like broadcasted, but you know I've told people and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, when yeah. It
0: came. That sucks, dude. Huh? Sorry.
1: Yeah, that's you know. Such you,
0: as you're putting those shows in, like those are all those discouraged shows have been awesome. Like those are great lineups, dude. That's yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I want to yeah. ask one question. Tell us about the sandwich mosher. Oh,
1: the sandwich monster. Um, oh Gosh. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I forget his name. I follow him on Instagram. It's like X water world is the best movie X or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So we're just, we're playing a song from, um from our split with time and pressure called the tiger. And um, <laughs> like the video just came out. I think it was Chad from a perfect world world filmed it. Yeah. And yeah, he's literally just like, kind of just, Strolling around the pit, he's just got a like a, ho- like a little hoagie in his hand. And the break, so, you know, you can still, like hit along with the crash symbols, and the breakdown hits, and he just starts two-stepping with a sandwich in his hand. <laughs> there were so many That's great, great moments there at prom Corps. There was that, there was like this this um, young lady from Denver named Natana. She literally came out of the bathroom and started moshing a chemical fix, like just strolls out, starts like side to siding or picking up change or whatever. You know, there's stuff like that that happened at that show.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely talk more about Promcore. That's sure. Everything looks so cool um, about that, that whole fest. Um, Well, dude, sick. Yeah. If you want to jump back to the record real quick, um, as much as you want to, as much as you want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we kind of like most people during the pandemic, it was kind of a time where it's like, well, you can't do anything. So let's try to create what we can writing for that has really been going on since probably 2019 there's even like one or two tracks on there that start that almost were on forlorn hope or the split we just didn't we just couldn't really make them get them arranged and organized the way we wanted to so yeah so we've been we've been working on this really since the last time we did a record and you know we got to talking and like well we were talking about the label we're talking jerry from patient zero and it came up, it's like, you know, he started hitting it. Hey, the next step isn't a 7. The next step is an LP. And we are just like, okay. We just like watched, you know, Fum do it and watched Chris from Fum, like pull his hair out trying to write Hollow. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I will say like writing an LP is just like a next level daunting thing. Like it's one thing to get an EP, you know, five, six songs make it sound cohesive but once you have once you get to like 10 to 12 songs and you're trying to like make it sound like the same band it's 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 a new level of challenge um
0: in hardcore especially like it's rare that we get a band that puts out one lp if not several you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so so really over the pandemic it was sort of like we had a bunch of song ideas and we eventually just started writing stuff. I, I picked up um, learning how to record. So I started being able to like lay down demos, um, start working with stuff at a higher level. Um And so, you know, I really also committed to like, okay, I got to like practice like proper form, like proper drum rudiments and and just level up my playing game in general. So we, we, Really accelerated writing. Probably last February, we sort of like got everyone back on board with like, okay, we're going to regularly practice. People shouldn't get vaccinated. We're feeling comfortable all being in a room together. Um, Let's get in. Let's do an LP. So, you know, at that point, we probably had like six, seven song ideas. And then, really, we just committed regularly to like twice a week practice, which yeah. started to really become a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah. So we spent a
1: yeah, we spent a lot of time figuring stuff out. And part of part of what we were, what we did is we laid down a demo track that became the one you just premiered for the action in Afghan, in Afghanistan comp for the song Echo Chamber. Initially, that was actually supposed to be released, I think, early March. On, um, on a different compilation, which has actually been kicked to next, next March. So I've had that track lying around since the end of March. Um, and I even submitted it for like a studio recording, like final project, you know? So oh, it was nice. also a school yeah. project. <laughs> That's awesome. So we basically just spent about six months really intensively working and honing and writing things. We decided to, we wanted to work with a friend of ours, Iacobelli, who used to play in the band Blue Dax from San Diego, great
2: he's an great old
1: band. he's an old friend of mine. He's an old friend of our guitarist Richards. Um, you know, he we grew up together. You know, we've heard his recordings. He's done he's done like therapy stuff. He um, he did the new abrasion record. You know, he's got a great sounding, beautiful room down there. Beautiful live room. Um, so yeah so we so we went down there my folks my still live down there so it's like okay we can just post up there we don't have to like get a hotel or anything we'll make yeah. a weekend out of that and we'll make it kind of a fun band thing to like go down there. Sure. And i'll tell you for three days that was an exhausting three days in that studio it was I like bet.
2: yeah yeah
1: it was like a day and a half just to get the drums you know down and then we had to um then doing the guitar and the bass, you know, and stuff like that. And we didn't actually even do the vocals there. The vocals were actually all engineered by me. So we, uh, after we did all the tracks down there, um, came back up here, and then Eric and I would go to our practice space in Oakland and do, like, two songs a day. So with that sort of schedule, he was able to really, like, be, a, like, deliver hard yeah. because he didn't, like, try to get through everything.
0: And hold. yeah,
1: yeah. So like, it was a cool like project to like, not just like work with a, an engineer on, on a vision after having some some experience and learning some new things and having a good vision of what we wanted, but also like a chance to sort of like me do some work to like actually contribute and record the record.
0: Dude, that's so yeah. cool that you have your you have your hand in the in the recording process beyond just laying down the drum, like beyond just showing up and playing your instrument and then letting, like stepping back. Like, that's awesome, dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like once you kind of get like some knowledge, as far as like what this stuff is, you can communicate better with an engineer. Like even when we did the last tuning record, I knew how to sort of give feedback in a way that not a lot of people do because you can talk, you know, the nuts and bolts a little easier.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good skill to have. I mean, you're all around. I mean, You shred guitar you play drums recording you're just you're the best ever dude the mayor of hardcore Uh, man (laughs) uh,
1: you're the best interviewer so we'll just we'll just we're just gonna pump each other up the rest of the show that's how it's gonna go
0: that's what tony that's what tony called you he said you're the mayor of hardcore
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right i gotta i gotta listen to that interview again and uh, and find that part because that's hilarious
0: um Yeah. Congratulations. Um, created something really awesome. Um, and then you're, you were saying probably a spring release, right. On patient zero. Yeah.
1: So, um, as far as the release goes, well, let me back up a little bit. I want to talk a little more about like the concept and the content, if you don't mind. Um, you know, I'm obviously I don't write the lyrics, but, um, the record, um, we'll announce it here. It's called disaster fatigue, you know, which is kind of a, kind of a little bit on the nose being that it is kind of a pandemic record, but it really does encapsulate a lot of how we feel, not just about what we've experienced as a society starting in March 2020, but just even other things, the idea of like loss, losing people, losing people you love, grief. Um, these are all the themes that sort of resonate, even losing sort of like an enchantment with hardcore, looking at you know the current state of what's you know, what draws people attention and being sometimes saddened by you know the direction hardcore can go. Um yeah, yeah. while at the same time being excited about it. Um so there's a lot of very personal, introspective um lyrical content. Um and it sort of forms an arc, you know, from start to finish. And that's I think that's probably the thing that I feel most proud about conceptually and content-wise, it's, it's not just here's, you know, 11 hardcore songs. It's yeah. here's 11 yeah. cohesive songs that are built around a theme. So that's what I'm most excited about. Now turning to the actual, what we're looking to do for release. I, I'm i pretty sure it's been sent to the plants at this point. I tried to get, actually, actually confirm that, but uh didn't hear back to... Well,
0: that means to get, we'll, we'll get it in 2025.
1: Yeah, dude, 2025. <laughs> so... Yep. When we're on the, you know, Omicron, you know, 30, you know, version 30 variant. um,
2: oh you know,
1: and my 19th booster, um, <laughs> no, actually what we're doing. So we're, so we're going to do a pressing of 200 on an Ecomix. So those who aren't familiar with an eco mix, it's, it's basically, um, leftover, um, colorways from other pressings that are consolidated and random, um, we did that with um, with Tuning's at Beacon and Impossible Seas. And like, it's not just junk. It's like actually cool looking stuff. Like the yeah. one I have is like a cool looking like dark sea foam gray almost. Yeah, that's and the then one there's,
0: I have is the same. It's like similar to that color.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's there's one we call the Baloney variant because it just looks like an Oscar Mayer Bologna. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So there's all kinds of like variants from that. So we're gonna do the same thing with um with this. And really the idea is we just want to get it out. Like, you know, with with vinyl pressing times up to a year, we were just like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Like we spent too much time. We think this is too good to just let it sit for a year. Like, let's get it in people's hands as quick as possible. So the ETA for that is sometime in spring. It'll be shortly after the second press of Forlorn Hope. Uh, which I believe is going to be February, 2022. Um, So it should be, so that'll sort of be the schedule is second press of that. um, And then shortly after that is going to be disaster fatigue will drop.
0: Epic. What a great, what a great start to the year for discourage. Dude, I remember when uh, we interviewed the first time with the discourage interview, I, I mentioned something to you about pressing, about presses on forlorn hope. And you were like, you you like you kind of like laughed at the idea of a second pressing i think <laughs> like you were like you were like oh that'd be cool but i don't know and now it's happening so it's a good great- you know, if i if i look back i
1: think we were actually already talking about it and i think it was already planned i just couldn't say anything because we hadn't announced okay. it
0: there you go i think I, already, I think i already knew it was happening okay cool um right on man well i'm excited for you guys um Hoping I'll catch a show soon, sooner or later. Um, maybe next time play San Diego or something, or maybe we can get you guys to play Oxnard or something like that. Oh uh, yeah. We,
1: I mean the way the way you you and I have been talking about what's going on down in Oxnard, like, and it's you know, Oxnard is one of those historic classic scenes that you know, we talked about the first time that I was on here about how it's like such a sense of there's a sense of place and a sense of like history there.
0: Yeah. Um how rad that is. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll get into the 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 spots and what's happening there um shortly. But all right. So um we didn't we weren't able to go to shows for guy it was like a year and a half. I guess it seemed like it wasn't that long, but um during that time, like I said before, I realized how meaningful that was to me. Um and like how much I missed it. And there was a lot of really cool stuff that happened. hardcore through the pandemic that it was like you know I I was grateful to to you know listen to new music watch videos live streams like there was a lot of cool stuff that happened but obviously you know and anyone who's gone to shows for a long time knows there's nothing the feeling that you have when you're singing along to your favorite band or stage diving is irreplaceable by anything um so we're going to recap our top favorite live shows from 2021 and of all the podcasts and all the stuff I haven't seen anyone do this yet so <laughs> I've seen tons of top record lists but I haven't seen any top five live shows so we may be revolutionary here
1: sure So no.
0: <laughs> okay I'll start with my number five show and then you do your five and we'll go back and forth the fifth best show I went to this year um and maybe if I was like partaking in the mosh and stuff this would have been higher for me But um, I wasn't because I was just burnt out that weekend. My fifth best show I went to this year was Turnstile at the Oxnard Performing Arts Center with Minus and a couple other bands on August 29th. And, like, what I'll say about that is I've seen Turnstile a handful of times, but there was something different about them at this show. Like, it gives me goosebumps now just talking about it. Like, I mean, it was just like the whole. The whole thing like you know I think they opened with mystery and it was just like it was just like to see the passion that people had for them and and how great they sounded and just like I think I was kind of thinking about everything they were doing as a band at that time too and like and they played some older songs and the energy it was just insane like it was just so cool and for that to happen in Oxnard and that, you know, the Performing Arts Center is like a room, a big room where you would have like a high school dance at. <laughs> like big oh, yeah. blue curtains behind it and everything. And um, it was cool. So that was my fifth favorite show this year. There's never
1: never been a time that I haven't seen a turnstile show go absolutely insane. Like people lose yeah. their
0: mind. <laughs>
2: they do, dude. I mean,
1: yeah, For yeah. some reason, like, it's just like, um, yeah. I mean, from the moment I saw like a, uh, a set they did on hey five six to like the first time I saw them was with Bane in San Francisco and then actually even before that I maybe saw them headline like a 700 cap venue in Oakland and sell it out you know and this was in 2014
0: yeah yeah no they're wonderful um and I don't mean to leave off the other bands no shout out to Minus because they're from Santa Barbara they played a killer set that night Okay, your turn, number five.
1: All right. So one of the things I'm gonna do is I'm gonna exclude the show that I already talked about with um, you know, that we booked at Yapow Coffee. We've already covered okay. that, but that's definitely one of the ones on there just because it's like a chance to just have all your friends in a room playing a show together. But um number five, I'm gonna go pick one of the fests I went to, um, Fear of Noise in San Diego. Um for those not familiar, Fear of Noise is in its third third year. It's booked by uh, Sean and Blaine from Therapy, and I believe they may have help from uh, one of the guys from from uh, Brian from All Beat Up. Basically, two days, uh, early show and a late show, and just the lineup this, that they got this year was rad. It's just yeah, like uh, yeah. they did an early show at M Theory, uh, a little record store um, in Hillcrest. It was. Ben Blue um it was a band called I'm going to butcher this I believe it's Shui uh, or Chi something like that uh-huh. it's um there it was their first show they're an Oakland band first show of a band called Closed Down Headcount and Entry all played this show Great. um it was amazing lineup um the the band um uh, Shwee is Danny and Moses who used to be in a band called Provoke from Oakland it was their first show so like getting to see them at their first show was rad Ben Blue was amazing. The closed down set is like, um, it's got Brian from All Beat Up. It's got Matt from Headcount. It's got Chris from Therapy. And I'm trying to remember who was on bass. I can see him, but I forget who it was. Um it was their first show. The Headcount set was off the hook. People just went nuts. And then Entry, <laughs> awesome. you know, then like Sarah from Entry is, is one of the greatest vocalists in Hardcore, period. She just has such an amazing... Presence um, and an incredible voice, and just seeing them in that context was perfect. And that was just the first evening show. The, um, <laughs> they did. A, after that, there was a late show with Therapy and this band Hellish Inferno. It was their first show. Um, my buddy Mike, who is a singer of Spirits, um, he he plays drums for them. So there was that, and then Torso, Urban Sprawl, Big Laugh, Vile Reality, all beat up. They all they all played like the big show that was Saturday night. And what I loved about it, first off, I'm from San Diego. Anytime I go to a San Diego show, I just feel at home. I feel like I'm amongst my friends. And I just, I love being there. I love the energy that San Diego Hardcore brings. Um, I lo- This this fest was really, really great. And like, it's going to happen again next year. So anybody who's kind of in the area needs to start making the trip down um, to it.
0: That's what's up. Shout out San Diego. And listen to that new headcount record, freaking rules. Um okay so my number 4 my number 4 <sighs> I know you have this too but my number 4 and this was like way higher on my list before I went to a few other shows um this was my first show back that I you know my first show I had gone back to after the pandemic was the Dead Heat Record War, war Dead Heat World at War record release show at the Tavern in Downtown Ventura with Regulate uh the Fight um Stillag 13, Risk, and Rada Correction. Anybody who's been to the tavern knows inside shows are cool. The outside setup was was cool. It was really, it was just really cool. Like palm trees, the nardcore flag, the dead heat. You know, Dead Heat was selling weed at the merch table. (laughs) The merch table was it was just the whole thing, the whole setup was was so sick. I'm really big about like palm trees and like California scenery. And I really feel like that was captured in that space. And just the Regulate set was great. Um, All the the opening bands were great. But that was by far the greatest Dead Heat set I have ever seen. And one of the greatest, gives me chills, one of the greatest sets by any band I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm pretty sure, I have the set list somewhere in here. I think they played the whole record, their whole new record, pretty close to it. Um and the energy from from top to bottom was just it was relentless. Tammy no justice dove off that crazy back wall thing. People were jumping off the roof of the tavern. I mean, the pileups were insane. That that whole show, and it was cool because it was daytime, like for all the bands. And then when Dead Heat started their set, it had become dark. And um, yeah, that was just. Yeah. Now I'm like, damn, maybe that should be higher. <laughs> but yeah, I mean like, that's my number four.
1: Yeah, no, I'll talk about it right now because I actually, out of all the shows, you know, if I if I were just to isolate shows and not fest, yeah, um, I think that was the single best show that I saw all year. Um, Dead Heat sounded enormous. They sounded just just vicious. It was they were so good at that show. Yeah, you know, you hit on the energy from start to finish. Yeah, there's that set list right there. Right when sub, right when subterfuge hit, the just I thought like someone was gonna get killed. It was <laughs> so violent. The stage diving, the moshing, well, it was just insane. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, did you ever see the 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 dude who um from SoCal who um who paints while he yeah. while he's at shows. Yep. The, I, yep. I love the, that one because there's dead heat, but and you can totally tell it's me stage diving <laughs> right in the middle. It's like my shorts, my leg, my little yep. backwards
0: gray hat. You know, I'm you like made it in a hardcore painting, man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a damn Renaissance piece of art right there. That's so. right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But the, and, and it was a fr- I had never even listened to Regulate, you know, uh, before yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and seeing them and the place just pop up for them was was super yeah. sick.
0: Um, yeah, Regis, the yeah the fight set was great yeah i i like stumbled across regulate actually saw them with dead heat and mind force and i just loved their their energy and their music and i started listening to them and then i was able to do an interview with with seb from regulate right before that so yeah for sure. just the whole feel. that whole time was just you know hanging out with you and and meeting adrian and getting the tuning yeah. record you know it was just yeah. such a cool like the whole time was just so awesome. We did we went surfing before that. We ate Mexican yeah. food. Like
1: <laughs> it was like it was a, like I thought, yeah, that was like the best part about the whole thing too, was also like coming down, hanging out with, with you and everyone. And then, you know, me and Adrian being able to like hang out. And then after the show, one of my favorite parts was actually Adrian. His brother came to the show since his brother lives in Ventura. Um, Zach from Retaliate was there, and Timmy, and we all just hung out. At the tavern, you know, when it converted to a nightclub, you know, and just <laughs> hung out and chilled for a long time, and like it was just like it was an event. It was a great weekend. It was a holiday weekend. Like it was, yeah, yeah it was a great show for sure. Rest in peace, tavern.
0: Rest in peace, tavern. Yep. Okay, you're up, number four. Best, okay, number, best show both, of the year.
1: All right, so I guess I've already covered, you know, my best show of the year. I will say number four. I've mentioned this one already. But the last Time and Pressure St. Louis show at Sinkhole. So we played St. Louis with uh, Time and Pressure, Chemical Fix, Fixation, us, and a band called Life Sucks. I had been to the Sinkhole three years prior, almost to the exact weekend, um, with Dying For It. That's how I met Time and Pressure when I came out there. They played that show um, when when I was in Dying For It. And they were just like on their demo. And I, I fell in love with that band then. And the friendship that we were able to develop, especially with James over you know, the course of doing our art for the record and then um, doing the split with time and pressure and then basically leaning on each other during the pandemic. And that friendship is still in, still intact and solid and we talk all the time. It was near and dear to my heart to be able to go to an amazing venue like the sinkhole, um, a cool DIY spot you know, where shows are just on the floor and play with friends. And see off friends who really meant a lot to me you know the it was the first time I got to see Chemical Fix who are James had described them as the most intimidating live band and they delivered because they just sound insane they are they bring the same energy that you know bands like American Nightmare and Trash Talk did back in the day they are just so good and um, I'm sure you've seen it they, they announced it today but Fix will be supporting American Nightmare on that tour. Um, oh, yeah. Very excited for yeah, that. But, um, but, yeah, that show was just, like, and seeing Time Pressure get to play, like, some of the songs from Gateway City Sound in their hometown for the first time um, and the last time. Yeah. 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 So that was a special one for sure.
0: Right on. Okay. I'm coming out of left field with my third favorite show of the year. Um, so this was a really, really tiny one. Um this was one of those shows that is meaningful to me personally kind of like what you're talking about. Um so this was my number 3 favorite show of the year in time my friends in End time their 7-inch uh, record release show at the CFF in downtown Oxnard with Ben Blue Firestarter and Omega Point on Hi. September September 4th. So the CFF is like the new DIY venue in um, Oxnard, downtown Oxnard. It's literally a dance ballet recital room um, with wood floor, mirrors on both sides, a cool like light thing on the ceiling. And the sound in there is insanely good. Um, And you can fit, I think we fit the most is like 170 people. And that was like a little too much, but (laughs) it's tiny. And this show was like, it was my number one until this month. But in time, they work so hard. They're the best dudes ever. Um, you know, they're they're the best dudes ever. They work so hard, they support the scene. It was their record release for their uh EP. And it was just so much fun, dude. Like Bent Blue came up, played a killer set. Um, you know, we all sing along to Bent Blue and pile up for Bent Blue. It's like you know, like four people, but it was so fun. And uh, Firestarter played from LA, but the end time set was like, I, I'd seen them a lot. And it was the first set for them where people like went crazy for them from like, you know, and Timmy No Justice came and sang Political Scheme. They covered Political <laughs> Scheme by No Justice. Timmy No, they opened with it. Timmy No Justice jumped in. And grabbed the mic and sang the song and it was mayhem like a lot of the older heads knew it he, he he jumped on the merch tables behind the crowd and was singing from the merch tables and then jumped off the merch tables onto the crowd there's actually a really cool picture of me like jumping on the pile up and him like jumping off the merch tables um and that was just how their set started you know and um you know, people popped confetti at the end. The floor was just wall to wall. Like, and I was just so happy. You know, so happy for them to have that experience. You know, as hardcore kids, they, you know, they just they loved it, and um, it was fun, dude. Like, I got to do guest vocals for End Time on their "Can't Stop This Youth," which is like their anthem sing along, and which was super fun. And I um, mean, then Omega Point finished the night, and you know, they played a. Amazing set, but that show was just so much fun, dude! Like, so much fun. So, that's my number three.
1: That so sick, yeah. I mean, shout out to End Time! Like, we're gonna play with them next month in San Francisco. Very stoked to have them up there. We, uh, you know, obviously, the day after that heat show, you and I went and saw them at that little like playground oh,
0: or whatever. Right. I forgot and about then, that, <laughs> yeah.
1: That weird little spot with them and um, Basha, and like, yeah, right. that was just that's cool to be able to like, actually see. That
0: show. Yeah. Too. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, right on. All right, you're up.
1: All right. So number three, I'm actually gonna punt this punt back to you for next one because number three was the Dead Heat record release, but we've already talked oh, okay. about it,
0: so that's right. That's number three. Okay, so I'll come with my number two. So this was recently added to the list in the last five days. Um, and I kept a spot open because I knew that for the children had the potential to be wild um yeah. but i did not think that i was going to enjoy day number two of for the children as much as i did so number two my second favorite show of the year was specifically mortar pride and fury at for the children at the echoplex this past sunday um i mean dude shout out to richard from mortar pride and mortar pride linwood the whole thing I had so much fun during that set. I was like so gassed afterwards. <laughs> there's actually yeah. some, there's actually a really sick picture. They put the Mortar Pride logo on and it's literally me like parallel with the ground stage diving like over Richard. <laughs> and, um, you know, Mortar Pride is a band that has one record. That's mm-hmm. it. They have nothing else. And so they play the whole thing because that's all they have, you know? And yeah. You uh, know it was just you know martine from tear came out and did guest vocals on a song and it, people just went nuts dude like it was and it was just so fun and then yeah. fury played one of the best probably the best fury set i've ever seen and the reason i put this so high is because they did a power trip cover yeah and it was yeah, like, the video of that. it was it was insane dude like I know you've seen floors open up when a song comes on. This was like nothing I've ever seen. Like Jeremy did this whole thing, you know, this whole like kind of tribute to Riley and talked about it. And, and um they did, he didn't even say anything. He just said this, this goes out to Riley. And they just went into soul sacrifice. And it was just like, <laughs> dude, people just, it was just so cool, man. Like it was just a really cool thing. And that whole that whole weekend was really fun. Um, but that's, that's my number two show. That's sick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about for the children cause you know, I was there day one and I was there day two, but you know, we talked about how I, I didn't stick around, but mostly cause I'm injured, you know, so I'm still yeah, like, dude. I'm like recovering huh. from an injury yeah. and just like, I had to fly out early the next day and just, I yeah. wasn't in the right headspace for,
0: for enjoying that yeah. show. But then he
1: was good at that, at that, at that day two, And day yeah. one was super fun to like, See no warning and piece by piece and stuff
0: so yeah yeah man no i yeah full disclosure transparency we left we didn't stay for comeback <laughs> <laughs> but, Yeah. Um, no i get that dude i've been at so many yeah when when you're not feeling it and you gotta go you gotta go man yeah so, you know just like I'm two sure. hour
1: drive to san diego i was like i don't dude. know i want to see my mom i want to hang with my mom more, dude
0: you know dude. yeah respect man
1: yeah 38 um, so, yeah. <laughs> they're all, so, you know? all right, so um, back to me for number 2. You, um man. number 2, the Convulse Records 3-year anniversary at the Azalon Theater in Denver. Shout out to Adam from Convulse Records. We used to actually hang out on Zoom with him and fum uh during the real like deep pandemic days. Like it's basically Friday night we would get on and we'd play like Cards Against Humanity or like all other right. games together. We'd just have game nights. Um, so, cool. so that's how I got to meet Adam and he put it I think his very first record was the Fum 7-inch. That right. might have been the very first thing he did. So when they announced the first round, it was a pretty good lineup. And I was like, that's really cool. And I think by then I was like, I'm gonna go out for that because I believe Fum was already announced, and I was like, I'm I'm going. Period. Yeah. Uh-huh. then round two turned. And when I saw that lineup, it just I was like, how? how is this lineup possible <laughs> let me just read some of them yeah books.
0: yeah yeah shoot it
1: spine Fum. goon military gun punitive damage scowl video prick the consequence big laugh sweat entry reality complex gel urban sprawl robbery ingrown and Cell rob was supposed to play but they they ended up dropping off the show like and that's not even everybody that <laughs> yeah. the lineup was just ridiculous yeah. um and it was a the other thing that was super rad is it was like a super DIY thing like they he rented a, a the, like an old theater um an old movie theater that was
0: pretty run down but like it looked like it in the videos yeah
1: yeah it was definitely like an old historic theater and they set up two stages on the floor so alternating back and forth but then there were people up on the actual stage area, <clears throat> you know, you could watch from up there and stuff like that. That's where the soundboards were. But just the the quality of the bands that was able to be assembled um, was ridiculous. The the thumb set was amazing. It was my first time seeing entry since um since Detriment Drop and since since I've actually become like actual friends with the band members. Um and um I, I saw a band called the consequence i'd never seen them before heard of them and they were amazing um saw a big laugh for the first time um you know getting to see urban sprawl and scowl out there getting to see ingrown and just like hang out with friends all weekend was super super rad it was just it, it was such a great show it was so much fun probably one of the best shows definitely one of the best shows of the year
0: yeah is there any was there like a standout set from i mean you don't have to pick favorites if you don't want to (laughs) uh
1: i mean the fun set for me was just so much fun oh i totally forgot spy played the show the spy show the spy set was ridiculous
0: oh my god yeah Yeah. dude hardcore rules right now man (laughs) um okay number one show of the year i just added this a couple like in the last two weeks too um Went to, we both went to a lot of shows this year. You went to way more than I did, but I, I got out to a ton of shows this year. Um, by far, maybe not by far, but my favorite show that I attended this year, back to downtown Oxnard at the CFF in the ballet recital room. My friend Cameron booked the whole thing. Um, tons of homies, tons of fun to begin with. But it was Saturday, December fourth, at the CFF in Oxnard. Spy, initiate, in time, slow bleed, uh, Ceramic, which is a Ventura County band that rules. Wrath um, from LA, and I'm, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. But dude, That's like, a yeah, I mean, Ceramic started out the in the sound in this place. I'll say it again: is like. Immaculate, like it's so good. And ceramic played first. They did an SSD cover. Um, you know, in time play. It was just, you know, slow bleed is 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 wonderful live. Um, and then initiate, dude. Like, I became an initiate fan just through I don't even know where I saw them. Um, and then I just became a fan of their music and their you know uh i forget the singer's name but her stage presence is awesome like mm-hmm. she just like lays it down they played you know just singing along and 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 these shows in oxnard we're stage diving with no stages just so people know
1: <laughs> that uh my, my experience with oxnard ventura oh you know that's that's
2: how it's always been <laughs> yeah.
0: we're stage diving with no stages um yeah. The initiate set was incredible. Um Spy, the Spy set is the best set I saw from a band all year long. Like hands down, best set I saw from a band all year long. I mean, you know, they only they have what two EPs that they've put out since they've been a band. Um yeah. It was insane, dude. Like, I mean, you told me too, like, what that band does to people. Like, live is like, yeah. I can't even, like, dude, I've seen so many bands in my life. And like, it was just, I, I don't even know how, how to say it. Like, maybe because I'm, I know most of the words, saw their songs, and I'm a huge fan of their music. It was more fun for me. But like, they basically rolled up, and the dude was like, he didn't even say anything. They just started playing Afraid of Everything. And like, People just like, again, like wall to wall, like, you know, and then the dude just starts falling into the crowd. And he literally like gave the mic out more than he sang, which I love, you know, and um they didn't stop, dude. I think they stopped for like 10 seconds and he was like, yo, what up? Thanks for having us. Like shout out to all the bands that played. <laughs> and then they just kept going. Yeah. And then by the time it was done, everyone was pouring sweat the mirrors in the room were completely fogged like it was insane like um and they got an encore dude like everyone was like chanting one more song like and they were like we don't have any more songs to play because they they played like all their songs already so they played like half of afraid of everything again as an (laughs) encore and i just think when a hardcore band especially in a, a venue like a space that small gets an encore like you know that you you gave the people what they wanted, you know? Um, yeah. And that was just, you know, so happy for my friend Cameron, like booking that show. He was super stressed out about it, but it worked out, you know? Um, yeah, that was my favorite show all year, hands down. Shout yeah, out. If you talk to- about a
1: band that's like a truly well-oiled machine, even when they have an off night, and I've seen, I've seen them have one off night. I saw them, okay. they opened for Municipal Waste. And there was some, they were, they were just having some issues, like technical issues, like, you know, um, but even that they brought it and just the, the yeah. ferociousness with which that band plays live is pretty incredible. They're actually playing tonight in SF and uh, oh, I'm, I have conflicting plans, but I might uh, I might dip out of those early. Um, yeah.
0: So. Yeah, dude. I mean, shout out to uh, Creator Destructor and uh, Spy, Spy Rules, man.
1: Yeah, their set said, they're at said Convulse was was very, very similar. And like as you're talking about the CFF, I'm really stoked because it reminds me of this spot in Ventura that we played in 2002 called Pat's Warehouse. Um, this dude, Pat, from Hit the Deck, he basically, his dad had a warehouse, and it was just a, a warehouse room. Um, and they would have shows there. So we played there with Suicide File, Over My Dead Body, Knife oh, Fight. That's so, yeah.
0: Love all those bands. <laughs> yeah so it's man spy you you won my heart over show of the set of the year show of the year all right i'll give you my notables my notables uh mind force with okay ingrown insanity live ingrown Mm -hmm. is one of those bands like you were saying about the consequence never heard of them never listened to them saw them with mind force at chain they blew my mind dude like blew my mind um Mind Force with Ingrown um, at Chain, Zulu and No Right. Um, Fiddlehead at Chain Reaction. I felt really bad about leaving that off the list, but it's like you expect Fiddlehead to play a great set, but that was an incredible show. Um, And then Drain. The tear show at the Lodge Room was really weird, but the Drain set was insane. The dude was like, turn on the house lights, like this is going to be a slaughterhouse, And i want to see it (laughs) they turned all the house lights on and it was just mayhem from top to bottom so those are my notables
1: yeah yeah I was speaking of notables like you know i caught i caught a few of those drain terror shows um and um growing up in san diego i'd never been to the soda bar but i got to see the drain terror show there and when i walked in i was like yo this is gonna be kind of whack like this lineup is or this this layout is strange that venue has been consistently one of the most fun places to see a show. Like it has this very wide stage that's just right for stage diving. So I saw, you know, saw the the drain terror set there was amazing. I just saw comeback kid, no warning there. Um, That was super fun. So, you know, other notables, like one of the things that, you know, lacking from my list is, is, is a local show in the Bay. Like part of it's weird because like, Oakland is still just starting to actually have shows at a couple of places. And who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Um yeah, but yeah. really the only thing that's been happening is a bar called the Parkside and a spot called the X-Bar in Cupertino, which um Malachi from Scal and and other people have been booking a lot of shows there. Unfortunately, I've missed probably half the shows there because. I've been like traveling, like there was a great yeah. spy show that I missed because I was out of town. Um, Dead Heat played there, um, you know, Dead Heat's playing there tomorrow and I'm not going to be able to make it, you know? So, but like, I want to at least note that even though my my show of the year isn't going to be a local Bay Area show, but this also like, we're in, still in a strange spot up here where like, yeah. Gilman's not open. Other spots are still not having shows. It still feels very closed down up here. For sure. So, uh, show of the year for me. Yep. Promcore, Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was a a real hard fight between that and Convulse. I think had it not been Time and Pressure's last show, you know, Convulse would have edged it out simply based on the quality of that lineup. But, I mean, it's not that Promcore was lacking for amazing bands. I mean, you had Time and Pressure, Chemical Fix, Fum, Fixation, Scowl, Zulu, End-on-End Constraint, Prevention. End Love, Bitter Truth, Blind Idol, Life Force, Moral Law. And we got to play it too. Like, we were yeah. one of the first bands announced for the fest. But um, the fact that it was the last Time and Pressure show, for me personally, was very dear to my heart because I, I don't exaggerate when I say the Time Pressure and I'm wearing my Time and Pressure shirt right now. <laughs> um, time and Pressure is probably my favorite band of the last 15 years. I have not connected with a band at a deep level like them since have Heart. And even have Heart was like, at a, came out at a point where I was like, kind of ambivalent towards hardcore. Yeah, um, yeah. Time and Pressure was, is everything I loved in a hardcore band. Style, substance, um, people, just they embodied what I want to do at a hardcore show, what I want to hear. Um, so for me, it was a very, I definitely had a moment where I teared up during their set. Like, you know, I got very emotional. Also got very mean, you know, in the pit at times. So
0: what's up, man?
1: <laughs> but their, their final set um was incredible. And it was also a really, really great experience for discourage as well. Um uh scope exposure has filmed and released our set already and I've watched that set at least like 10 times and just been like it pumps me up every time I see it because what you what I notice is and I noticed it while I was playing is um when we start playing the room's not very full by the by the end it just gets fuller and fuller and more and more people dance and like that was that felt very good for me to like see people connect with our music at a fest when we're competing with attention you know for all kinds of huge bands you know but seeing that and feeling good about our performance and about ourselves as a band I felt was a really really um satisfying thing I just I love that um the end-on-end end set was amazing. That out, you know, from they were locals from Oklahoma. Moral Law. We uh, we pranked Alex, um, the vocalist, by putting a bunch of monkey pictures all over stage and like putting them on our shirts. It's an inside joke, but like, awesome. I can't wait to, to, for that video to drop because you'll see us like doing like stuff with these monkey pictures. Um, <laughs> me and Kat from FUM went to a went to a FedEx and printed them all out because we knew That's we were gonna.
2: Awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean just so much, like, insane energy, like, the, one of my favorite things that came out of this, there's a dude who did, like, a mosh analysis of the scal set,
0: wait, 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 hard. is this the same guy that does all the mosh analysis, like, he did the, he did the RBS show, like, the tsunami show, yes, <laughs> dude, yes that, that guy definitely. rules, dude, <laughs> that
2: guy it's,
1: it's so funny, apparently, I'm Tulsa too, so, um oh. and he nicknamed everybody. Um uh, this dude, this kid chance, who was like the most violent mosher at prom core. He was just ridiculous. Um it's like half of the video is just him like stage diving, like walking on the bar and stuff like that, and like slamming. It's it's amazing. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. that um, yeah, prom core to me will go down as my number one set, my number one show of the year.
0: Dude, that, that's awesome. What I love what I love about the Promcore lineup is like, you know, you get bigger fests or different fests and they've got all the bands on there that everyone wants to see or whatever. But Promcore, I feel like has, I don't want to say, how can I say this? Like Promcore has all the bands that are just as good, if not better than all those bands that are playing other fests, but they're all active. They're all like, you know, they're actively releasing music actively playing shows and all just very very good bands you know like like yeah yeah. i don't know if that makes sense but that's what i noticed when i saw that lineup i'm just like yo these are the bands that everybody in hardcore doesn't really know about but they're just as good if not better than all the bands everyone's listening to you know
1: i when i when i saw the final lineup for it i looked and i said that's my scene that is the scene that I resonate with. Um, I have always felt like you know my bands don't really, you know, we don't. We're not going to necessarily be on some of the big fests, and I'm okay with that. For sure. I, if there's one thing I feel like I've learned over the years, it's that hardcore happens in the small towns. It happens in the Oxnards. It happens yeah. in the Springfield, Illinois. It happens yeah. in the San Diegos. You know. People give attention to what's going on in LA or what's going on in the Bay right now or Boston, you know, and nothing, you know, I'm not, I'm not out to, you know, slag on or tear down anyone else's scenes, but hardcore happens in, in the small alleyways, the bad, you know, yeah. the, the backwater yeah. towns, like, you know, some of the best shows you'll see that I've ever gone to are in Eugene, Oregon, um, yeah. are in Fresno, you know, are, are in Oxnard, um, st louis you know um that's the places i want to go because i feel like that's where people are gonna are hungry for yeah um it's not just another thing you can do you're not competing with you know every single other culture there's nothing going on there so (laughs) people are starving for connection and so when the hardcore show happens there they're really they really resonate with it and that's that's what sets me on fire um yeah i think promcore really embodied that spirit that i
0: love for sure man yeah we both got i mean both of our top shows are <laughs> you know those i mean yeah spy and the bands i that played that show or i mean it was the same thing in oxnard literally the entrance to the cff is in an alley <laughs> you know and friends booked it and did the sound and you know we were working the door like it was just yeah that's, I, I agree with you. That's, you know, I grew up going to shows like that and, and they, they're still meaningful to me. So, all right. So we'll jump over to top five records. Won't, thank you for for diving into detail with that with me, because I'm a nerd when it comes to shows. I love to like think about them and talk about them. Um, and I've yet to see anyone do that for this year. So we're revolutionary. We'll run through our top five records. I'll start with a super hot take. Um Again, these are like, I want to say like yeah, like meaningful to me personally um, a little bit, but I tried to do this like as a universal like what I think about this record in in like all aspects except for this one because this one okay first of all it's an EP <laughs> so it's like it's only four songs um, it's from a local band who nobody knows outside of the eight oh five um, the band is Out West. Um, they're like a power pop band, you know. Uh the record, I mean they play hardcore lineups because they fit, but um the record is called Out West 2. So it's their second release. It's four songs, four or five. Yeah, I think it's four. Um it all the whole the recording was done by Vince from Dead Heat. Um, the record the tape was put out by JP, who sings in end time on FTK Records. So he did all the tapes, the recording was done, DIY. Um And it's just one of those collections of songs that, like, it was, like, my most played songs on Spotify wrapped. You know, it's, like, and it's, like, a record that nobody will ever know. But it's just, it's just got this, like, it's got this, like, 77 sound, but it's fast. And, like, Ryan, you know, their vocalist, he writes all their music. He's a storyteller. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's got that 77 feel that I love, but it's fast. And like when they play live, people go off for it. And I couldn't not put it on my list. So that's my number five.
1: (laughs) All right. Number five. Um, I took a cue from you because I know you did this too. But number (laughs) five is going to be a three-way tie.
0: Nice. Okay.
1: Um, It's going to be a three-way tie between Headcount Imprint on Safe Inside Records so good. Ingrown mm-hmm. gun on I believe the regular was called alternatives label or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. scal how flowers grow on the flat spot. Um, you know I know I know a lot of people are gonna put that one probably very very high on the list uh, for sure. Um, Headcount they're just the homies man I mean like and they're playing they're playing the hardcore that I love. Um, and, the record sounds good. Um, that you know that band is great. I've, I I love them since the demo came out. And I'm really glad to see them playing a lot more shows, especially locally. Um, Ingrown, I mean, that record is brutal. It's so good, dude. It's so good. It's evil sounding. It Like, um, to me, it takes what Nails was doing, but I feel like Nails, like, you know, went more metal, even though Nails was a hardcore band. Ingrown, to me, takes that sound and and puts it more on the hardcore side. It's like, you want to dance.
0: Yeah, perfect Um, way to describe it. Yep.
1: Yeah, like seeing them headline um just another gig up in Seattle was super sick. Like getting to see that, see them play this stuff was really cool. Um,
0: yeah, I'm glad then, I got to see them too because they were insane live.
1: Yeah, they're, they're 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 amazing live. They're gonna do great things. Um, and then Scal, I mean like obviously that band that band is getting a lot of attention. And one of the things about them, a lot of people don't know is like this is this. This band and that scene has, has been percolating under the radar for years and years. It's yeah. only just now that all the work that Malachi has been doing um, or that scene to book every single show um, and to like start this band where he, he didn't even know how to play guitar. He bought a guitar to start the band scal for his partner, Kat, you know, so she could participate. And that's, if, if that's punk rock, great right There because it's just like, <laughs> Hey, you know, the scene has traditionally been like a sausage fest of dudes. And now there's a lot more women being a lot more visible and, and present at shows. And that's really rad. And like the idea of like, you know, her her coming to shows and being like, I want to do that. And it happening. And not just it happening, but her being her, her vocals are obscene. Like I'm, when I listen I'm, to her delivery, it is like she's one of the she has cemented herself already as one of the great hardcore vocalists yep. it's her ability to deliver a growl is it's i it's, so it
0: it's so yeah. gritty too it's so good yeah yeah um
1: so, yeah that's my that's my three-way tie
0: for- <laughs> <laughs> okay my notables right outside number five were the the kulu record um on triple b and the one that you put me onto, the po- portrayal of guilt record um yeah. That one was insane. I think I like listened to it while I was cleaning and then I texted you afterwards and I was like, "Oh my god, dude, my mind is like blown right now." Yeah. I
1: um I I, I oscillated between whether I should put that on the list or if I should put it as number 1 because my um my theory with record of the year is always what record um transforms your opinion of a band like like knock loose that I had that Gulch I had that experience with um yeah. and portrayal of a guild I had that experience because that record is so perfect it's it sounds exactly like what that band should sound like it's it's amazing but
0: yeah.
2: I also
1: don't listen to it a lot because yeah. it's hard to listen to.
0: I agree because yeah it's um, a lot yeah okay so number four on my list is is uh you know, a lot of people have have had different thoughts about this record and this band, but for some reason, when their first EP came out, I loved it, and I've kind of established friendships with them. And I love this record because I'm a sucker for early 2000s Bridge Nine stuff. Um, it is This Place You Know, the LP by One Step Closer, uh, came out on Run For Cover. Um, it's a classic melodic hardcore record, you know? I mean with some different stuff mixed into it, some piano, um, you know, some softer vocals, um, you know, this, the song, I, I don't know. I just think it's great. And I think those kids are like, I think the oldest kid person in that band is like 23, you know, yeah, they're like, like, sure. like, and if you listen to this thing from start to finish, it's like, a, it's a masterpiece, dude. It's like, you know, it's got some really cool, uh, different instruments in it. I mean Ryan just is he's just he nails the the all the notes of of singing melodic hardcore. Um yeah, I just I think it's I couldn't not put it on the list. I think it's a I think it's a masterpiece.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh they're, they are also playing tonight at the spy show. So I guess <laughs> I gotta go. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go see them on Saturday.
1: Oh, tight, tight, yeah. Um, okay, number four for me, um, Dead Heat World of War uh, triple B. Um, so keeping with the spirit of records that, um, convert my opinion of a band before this record came out, I didn't really care for dead heat. And I will say there's a a part of me that wishes that this was recorded differently, but the songwriting is so good on it. Like the, the ability of this band to write a record that like sounds like Excel, um, and really does homage to old thrash like this i mean they they nailed it the night and seeing them play this play this stuff live it's just like
0: yeah
1: it's it's a fantastic record um so that's my number four
0: word yeah i'll just jump quickly back that was my number three um partly because 805 you know dude vince (sighs) vince from dead heat's one of the greatest people in the entire world um and I was able to interview Chris like right before that record came out. That was super cool. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. They, they really like, you know, I think like the crossover thing gets really thrown around in hardcore a lot, but they're like, they did it really well. And, um, it, it did change my perspective of them as a band. Cause if you, their self-titled EP that came out like 2017, doesn't really sound to anything like this record. And, um, And it really took them to another level as a band too, you know, um, you know, the music video they did for it was so sick. So yeah, that was my number three.
1: All right. So back to me, I guess for, for number three then. Um, so another one that's going to be really high on a lot of lists this year, um, Turnstile, um, Glow On. I mean, epic. you can't listen to that record and, and be like, Oh, this sucks. Like, (laughs) you 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 just can't because it's so well made it's so creative and thoughtful and good um in my opinion i think there's just a lot of people who are talking down on it because yes the band's becoming kind of commercialized they're they're experiencing success beyond diy hardcore
0: um
1: you know and they're probably going to be gravitating away from that and that's okay like when i hear this record i'm like Go on. Good good on you. Go do your thing. Because <laughs> this is good. Yeah. So the songs are catchy. The songs are just good. Like the <laughs> yeah. songwriting is top quality. It's so listenable. Um, yeah. It's just a fantastic record and like um, you know, good on them. I just I would really caution anybody who's probably a little more like disgruntled about stuff and feeling like, you know. I, nobody's too good to at least try to experience this record and listen yeah. to it with an open mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you do, you're going to find a really good
0: well-written record. I agree. That's a good transition. That turnstile glow on was my number two album of the year. Um, I probably wouldn't have put this record on my list at all, like three months ago. And then I took time while I went on a run to listen to it from top to bottom. And it was, and then after I saw them, it was just like, I mean, it's, so the thing is like, Turnstile's already done hardcore records. Those guys have already been in hardcore bands. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you, if you've been around hardcore, like, you know, Trapped Under Ice, you know, Angel Dust, like they, have they've you know, so they, you know, they're doing their next project and Glow On is like, dude, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's so good. It's such like in the, 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 I think the way it switches up, the different, you know, sounds, it all flows so well. Um, and the last thing I'll say about it is this record is so hot that I wanted to buy it for someone for their birthday. And I couldn't even find it anywhere for less than like $300. And I yeah, finally so- found it on Amazon for a reasonable price. But, I mean, and, dude, they just played on TV last night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're on the Seth Meyers show. Yeah. Shout out to Turnstile. That record is so good. And anybody who hates on it just needs to understand that Turnstile's done hardcore stuff already. They've been in other hardcore bands. They've put out other records that are hardcore. Give it another listen. It's freaking amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. All right.
1: Number two, and I believe I believe you have this one on your list as well. Too um, chemical fix, our shade caspar. Um, the record is so intense.
0: It's so <laughs> because, intense.
1: Like from start to finish, it's it's not a very long record. I think it's only probably 15 to 18 minutes at most. Um yeah. but it's just it's brutally intense. It's in, it's insanity, and it perfectly encapsulates that sort of like mid-2000s, frantic, dark, hardcore sound that, you know, bands like American Nightmare were doing. Um, and um, sort of the revival of that, like, um, you know, can really be found in Chemical Fix, but like they just take this sound and it's so intense. And when you, they translate that into a live show, it's just, it's perfect. You know, like the the intensity of that record, you um, if you want, if you want a frantic, brutal hardcore record that's not like chug a chug a brutal, but just brutal in how in your face it is and how good it sounds, that's the record to
0: get. Yep, yep, and I love how fast it is. Um, yeah, so I w- I did the opposite because I couldn't bring myself to pick a number one, so I have a three way tie for number one, <laughs> um, which is probably defeats the purpose of a top five list. Yeah. But so my three-way tie for number one is our shade cast far the one you just mentioned chemical fix. Mm-hmm. I was so honored. Uh, with Bert Bert to last of safe inside asked me to premiere a song off that record. Um, sometime in like, I don't know the spring. I can't even remember what song it was. The show was, this show was still only on SoundCloud and yeah. he was like, dude, I don't care. You're you know, this show is awesome. Play premiere this chemical fix song. And those guys were like, so thankful to me for doing it. And I was like, dude, of course it's an honor. And the song rules, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, great record. Um, I can't wait to see them live. So it's between that the timer pressure record, which I think I, I think I can I have to go back and look at what I sent James after like my first three times listening to it. But like, drew is like an insane lyricist and now that i know that he's an english teacher it kind of makes sense but like i have to remember i think i i messaged james and it was like dude i'm sitting here like like having it like questioning my existence as a human being (laughs) like i'm just like i feel like i've looked i feel like this record has made me look inside my soul and then like just like it's just so good dude like sonically obviously you know sonically it's it's great um but lyrically i think he's just next level dude like when it comes to writing lyrics i mean even their first record was that way and when i interviewed james we talked about that but and then maybe it's cuz it's the little teenage have heart fan in me but between the richness from fiddlehead was like i mean i bought the vinyl i just you know i saw i saw it live it's maybe not necessarily a hardcore record, but I thought that Between the Richness was a perfect part two for Springtime and Blind. Fiddle, it's a perfect record, dude. Like, There's a lot of sentimental things on that record lyrically that I relate to. I just think it's perfect. I don't know. It just tugs on my heartstrings, man. And then seeing it live was just incredible. So that's my three-way tie. Fiddlehead, of Pressure, and Chemical Fix.
1: Yeah. Well, number one is no one's going to be surprised by this, you know, given that what I've said before. Um, Number one record, Time and Pressure, Halfway Down. Um, Initially, like, so if I really resonate with a record like I did with the Gateway City Sound, um, sometimes when something comes out, it takes a minute for me to warm up to it because it's not the thing that I loved, you know, previously. And that was when Halfway Down first came out, it sort of was like, okay, but then it just grew more and more to it, it's, they accomplished something truly incredible with Halfway Down. I mean, like you've said, it's introspective, but like it makes you move. It's intense. Um, the layout is beautiful. Um, the maturity of the songwriting from the last record to this record without getting away from who you are. Yeah. Um, they, you know, one of the things I did when I reviewed it on another podcast was I said, you know, for the next record, I'd really like to hear a little more diversity in, like, the songwriting and sounds. And they did that. You know, there's there's more variety on it. Um, I have found myself just listening to it over and over and comforted deeply by it. Like, yeah. one of the things that connects me to hardcore is feeling as though I can connect to myself. And this is, to me, a go-to record that I just put on when I don't feel safe, when I don't feel, yeah. like, I belong. you know. And, like, I can feel... It sort of recenters me in my life. um, Without a doubt, "Time Pressure" halfway down is my record of the year.
0: Nice, damn, that was fun, man! Thank you so much. I have my—I right. don't. I the only set list I have. I have the Fiddlehead set list from when I saw <laughs> them with all those songs on it. I have a whole drawer set list. Um, Yeah, hopefully Time and Pressure does a reunion at some point. I'm sure they will.
1: (laughs) Uh, 2022, I'm calling it, so.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, um, to wrap it up, I'll give you a couple things I'm hyped on right now. Um, Obviously, the new Discourage LP, because I've heard it. It's amazing. Also, something I've heard that's going to be amazing is the new Ill Communication LP. Um, Shout out to Andy Diehard. Um, There's a band here in the 805 right now called Ceramic. Um, just some friends they have a really amazing sound Um, they're coming up I just want to say like the 805 scene in general right now um, there is I mean you could book a show of all local bands and and it would be the draw would be insane Um, so just the 805 scene in general right now is amazing I've also heard the new Ben Blue record and that is amazing I mean, their, their demo was incredible, but their new record is awesome. Can't wait to see what Bent Blue does next year. I'm a huge praise fan, so the praise announcement was like, I'm so excited for the new praise record. I hope they come play some shows out here on the West Coast. Um, you know, the Drug drug Church tour that just got announced with One Step Closer, that'll be super fun. Um, the new Anxious LP, should be really cool and awesome to listen to, and then and then uh, fading signal, safe inside band. Fading signal is an up and coming band that I think is going to do great things, and I I love the music they've put out. Um, safe inside roster is awesome, and broken vow is another band that I've really been listening to, and no longer at ease. That's all my name drops. That's what I'm excited for. I'm excited about Hardcore. I'm excited to be a part of it. And um, yeah, that's it.
1: Cool. All right, stuff I'm excited for. You already mentioned Bent Blue. You already mentioned Fade and Signal. Uh, no longer at ease, you mentioned them. I mentioned End On End before. Their promo 2021 is really sick. Civilian Mind, a band that brought dropped a demo in an EP. The demo on Eric's uh, label, White Noise. And the EP on Virgin, uh, Derek from Defeater's label, uh, version City Blues. Nice. Uh, really, really great straight-edge band. Other stuff. I mean, nice. There you go. Yep. There it is. Um, the Fum LP. I got to sit in the studio with them while they recorded it and just hear it. And then I've heard the final product. It, it, it's a very mature sound for them. Um, I think it's what they want to do. It's a very authentic piece. I love it. I can't wait for people to hear it. I'm very stoked on the band Sweet, who's from Oakland. That starting up, they're really continuing the legacy that the band Provoked had of just intense hardcore punk that's you know political and has has a message and you know has representatives um, that are not straight cis white males. You know, yep. which is rad. Yeah. Negative Blast. Um, that's Alex from Blue Dax who recorded us his new project, like Suicide File Black Flags, sort of hardcore punk. It's super sick. Um, the Abrasion record. You've got, you've got Adam from Birdle City, you've got Angel from Dare, you've got Theo from Tsunami, you know, all in that, all in that <laughs> band. It sounds incredible. Um that was such a rad pickup for indecision. Um the Birdle City LP, which is coming out next year. Take it to Heart from Orange County, you know, shout out to them. They're gonna do that tour with Broken Bow. Their record comes out. Doomsday, gonna have a record on Creator Destructor, um, super rad, you know, crossover hardcore. The Field of Flames LP that's going to drop, you know, on Indecision. Um, the Indecision newsletter just talked about that today. And you also mentioned the Praise LP. So. And Big Laugh. Check out the band big laugh. I believe, I can't confirm, but they did have a shirt at Fear of Noise with the Rev Stars on it. And they toured with Torso uh-huh. and Urban sprawl. So I think we're going to see a big laugh record on Rev. Can't confirm it. Don't know any insider <laughs> information. But it looks like that's what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah,
0: the pieces fit. (laughs) Yeah. Right on. Well, dude, thank you so much for taking the time to chop it up with me about hardcore. Um, Always, man. So excited for Discourage. Um, And, you know, everybody, you can listen to this show on wherever you stream podcasts, follow on Instagram, um, hit me up, I'll play your band's demo, as long as there's no noticeable F-words in it. (laughs) And um, Matt, I'll talk to you soon.